Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us about your wild conspiracy. It's on. It's now. It's here. The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 949, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome to the program. It's 9.08 on this glorious Monday morning. I'm Andy Griffin. Great to be here. Thank you for tuning into the program. We always try to have a good attitude here. I know my guests in today are both smiling, so that's always a good start. Uh, We'll start off with Kyle Case. Kyle is the director of the uh, Huntsman World Senior Games. Kyle, thanks for coming in, man. Well, I don't know why. Oh, okay. My bad. I didn't push the right button. There we go. All right. <laughs> good Kyle's morning. Here. Good morning. Yeah. Thanks for coming in, Kyle. Uh, great to see you. This is a big time for the Huntsman World Senior Games. It, it? Indeed it is. Today, Monday, is our first day of competition. We uh, we had check-in yesterday, uh, and we check in throughout the games. Mm-hmm. Um, so athletes are, you know, are coming and going throughout the games. But yesterday was a big day of check-in. We checked in over 2,500 athletes yesterday. Wow. And today is competition, so we've got all kinds of things underway today. We've got softball, basketball, basketball shoot. We've got a, a 10K road race going on right now as we speak. Um, lawn bowls, badminton, all kinds of things happening today. Very cool. When does pickleball start? That's that's what I'm wondering. Pickleball's a big one. It starts it next week. All right. So Monday awesome. the 11th is the first day of pickleball. Well, we don't want to be exclusive here. Let's have you kind of introduce your guest, who she is, and why she's here. Yeah, of course. So we, we're so excited uh, to, to introduce Anne. Anne is going to be our guest speaker at the opening ceremonies, and that takes place tomorrow night, Tuesday night okay. at 7 o'clock. Anne, I'm going to let Anne tell her story, but just by way of introduction, Anne is a six-time Olympic athlete. Wow. Six times. Do the math, folks. 24, they're every four years, yeah. so times six. So, yeah, Anne's been around a little while. She That's... still looks great. Still looks young. <laughs> she looks fantastic. She but she'll looks... be speaking, sharing some of her story. And uh, as I've gotten to know Anne over the last you know day or two that we've been together, and we've been corresponding uh, by email for the last several months, actually, uh, she is an inspiration. So you don't want to miss the opportunity to listen to her tell her story at the ceremonies tonight. And we're going to give a little sneak peek this morning. All right. Uh, before we let her start, again, the ceremonies are what time and how much do they cost and where? Yeah, so the ceremonies are at 7 o'clock on okay. Tuesday night. So that's tomorrow night. It's over at Trailblazer Stadium, the football okay. stadium at Dixie State University. And the cost is free. Whoa, that's the number I was free. looking for. How much so free? Bring your family, bring your friends, bring your neighbors, pick up strangers on your way to the stadium, whatever. Uh, plenty of seating. And uh, we have actually have a shuttle, so you can park pretty much anywhere on campus. We'll shuttle you down to the stadium. And then once the show's over, we'll bring you back to your parking lot. So Very we make cool. it easy. But yeah, come on out. It's such a great night. Anne's going to be there there's going to be singing there's going to be dancing we've got diamond talents that's been practicing for the last several months getting ready to put on an amazing show we'll light the cauldron we'll have some amazing fireworks it's going to be a great night all right let's bring ann in and thank you ann abernathy is her name uh, thanks for coming in today ann well it's great to be here it's it's uh it's a thrill plus it's absolutely gorgeous i do have a very the, probably the best view in radio i think but uh, looking at the out at the red rock but uh, yeah thanks for coming in Te- your story fascinates me i remember reading about it uh, this was last week i, I think it was when kyle told me who was coming on the show i, I like 
I Googled you. I did. <laughs> I, I Googled you. And, and I, I found a couple of articles written about, uh, about you and Luge. And everybody's like, wait, Luge? Isn't that where they sit on the thing and go a million miles an hour and, and, and cheat death and try to get a medal? That's pretty much it, right? Yeah. That, that's <laughs> you summed it, it up. You yeah. summed it up. Luge is the uh, fastest sport on ice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Give us give us a number. How fast do you go? On we go in boats? excess of 100 miles an hour. 100 miles an hour, and you are literally inches from the ground. Yeah, three inches above the ground. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. T- tell us your story. How did you get involved in this? From what I was reading, it was almost happenstance. Well, it was. I was on a, a ski trip to Lake Placid, New York, okay. and uh, skiing was terrible. And, <laughs> and there were about 20 of us, and they uh, we said, well, they're doing bobsled and uh, this was the only place at that time in the 80s where they mm-hmm. had a bobsled run. And they, someone said, well, let's go watch bobsled. And so we thought, great. So we went there, and I saw a bobsled come down, and I went, these guys are nuts. <laughs> you could hear them come down. It sounded like a freight train uh-huh. hitting the walls back and forth, and you could hear them cursing all the way down. <laughs> uh, why would anybody want to do that? And then there was a sign, and it said, this way to Loogie. what the heck is loogie that's a loogie well we know what a loogie is right (laughs) so we we walked up and and uh all of a sudden there was a separate track for luge now they're all bobsled and luge is the same Uh but there was a separate track and i saw a sled go by and it just went like lightning fast it was barely see it right yeah it was like a a jet and i went oh my gosh that's so cool Uh and we're talking about it and this guy walks by and we're talking about loogie and he says, I believe it's called Luge. And the guy standing next to me said, no, no, it's Loogie. <laughs> the guy walking by, he said, you must be right. And as he walked by, we saw on the back of his jacket, it said, U.S. Luge Coach. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he probably knew how to say it, yeah. but, but he let you guys slide. I yeah, guess. he did. He did. So, you know, he looked at us and he said, um, well, anybody wants to try it, take a step forward. And immediately, 18 people took a step back. And, <laughs> and um, you didn't. I didn't. And I looked at the guy next to me, and we said, why not? Wow. And uh, wow. that's, I had no idea at that point that my life was about to change. Well, let me stop you for a second, because you, you saw the loser go by. And you said, that is so cool. And I think that's a reaction 99% of us would have. That is so cool. The difference, though, we would stop at, that is so cool. <laughs> I'd like to watch that. You said, that is so cool. I want to do that. What, why? What, what was in your brain? What made you want to do that? I'm not sure, but I believe <laughs> part of it is um, my dad was a test pilot in the Air Force. And Mm. it's an adrenaline rush yeah. uh, to do luge mm-hmm. um and to look at it you just go wow that's it's it's like a water slide on steroids it's it's like yeah without without the soft landing at the end what there is no such thing as the soft <laughs> landing in luge uh, there's no brakes and there's no mechanical steering unlike bobsled they have they have steering a little bit of it yeah and brakes um luge no no you just put your feet down and, and uh there's a lot of praying involved in luge. <laughs> <laughs> and cursing. Uh, no, Same that, time. That's bobsled. Oh, okay. That, that's bobsled. Okay. All right. For, for those that don't know what luge is, will you describe maybe to a dummy who'd never seen it before what exactly a luge is? Luge is actually the French word for sled, mm-hmm. and you lay on your back feet first. Okay. So you're going, you're, you're going to be going down an ice track 
feet first on this little teeny sled, right? Am I right? Right. Okay. The sled fits between the back of your uh, knees and your neck. They're all custom made. And uh, you have these, we call them kufins, that come up. They, they kind of look like candy canes that your legs mm-hmm. um, help steer the sled, although most of your steering is done with your back. Wow. Okay. So uh, when you, that very first time you tried it, were you, were you, did you like think, okay, I, I could do this? Or, or was it kind of like, eh, I don't know? No, well, when when you try it, you don't start at the top. Oh, they don't, but they put you halfway down or whatever. <laughs> they put you way way down. down. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you still think you're going 100 miles an hour the first time you're on it, and yeah. you're probably only going 10 or 15. But be, you're on ice, right? Um, it's and you're on ice, and you're up 12, 15 feet in the air, going extremely fast. And when you do it, it's there's. There's no feeling like it in the world. You have G-forces, you have speed, you have the wind coming up. It's, it, it's so cool. So I have a son who's a little bit of a daredevil. He likes dirt biking and jumping out of airplanes and, and things like that. But uh, it, it seems like to me that this is the ultimate daredevil uh, sport because, like you said, there's no brakes. There's hardly any steering, whatever you can manipulate with your body. And you're going so fast and you're so close to this unforgiving hard ice uh, I just, first of all, I'm, I will never do that. Kyle, I don't know <laughs> not going to happen. When you said that, I believed you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't I, think you were just I, kidding. <laughs> I know. I, I will never do that. I don't know if you guys saw the viral video over the weekend of the guy catching the alligator in the trash can. I, d- I, actually I will never do that, that either. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> two things. There two are things, things that Andy will <laughs> never do. Luge and catch an alligator in the garbage can. You know, it's it's worth mentioning just, just because this is so cool and, um, you know, we're the senior games, right? So we talk yeah. about age groups and, you know, we, we ask these questions all the time. But we talked about Anne being a six-time Olympian, mm-hmm. which is just incredible. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. But, Anne, I want to ask you, when you were introduced to the Lugie for the very first time <laughs> and learned that it was the Luge, how, how old were you? Well, I was over 30. Oh, really? Oh, well, I was thinking 18, 19 years old. You were over 30 at that point. No. Did my- you have kids? No, no. no. Okay. My my first Olympics, I was the oldest luge athlete there. Really? Right. And um, my nickname, which I received after my second Olympics, uh-huh. was Grandma Luge. Grandma Luge. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, think about that. Like, you know, we just barely had the Olympics. We just barely had the chance to watch these amazing world-class athletes mm-hmm. on the television in Tokyo. And... Like you said, Andy, most of us kind of make this assumption that, you know, they start as little children, and by the time they're in their late teens, early 20s, they're hitting their stride in the Olympics, and, right. and then they get one or two games under their belts, and then they you know, move on with, with their life. Anne's story is so amazing. It's so incredible. Not only did she start in her 30s with this amazing journey, with this incredible sport. But then she stuck around long enough to get six Olympics in after that. I, I, I can't, I don't think you can emphasize that enough. It's amazing. It's incredible. Now I want to ask you, Anne, what goes into becoming a luge athlete? Because I think I joked, I would never do that and I wouldn't, but I think there are some people out there who go, yeah, I could do that. But, but it's not as simple as just sitting on a sled, is it? No, it's not. And, and uh, you say daredevil, but actually it's the least daredevil you can be because you train specifically hmm. so much 
you don't start at the top, you start at the bottom. There's so much visualization. There's so much, your, your whole body is steering the sled. So the physical training is unbelievable. We reach speeds and are going so fast that the G-forces hit. And we have G-forces of um, up to six G-force hitting, going around some of the curves. Um, it is dangerous, but just like any other sport, you train specifically mm-hmm. um, and the visualization, you know what you're doing in every curve before you get to the curve. Mm. In fact, you're going so fast down the track that you're steering before you hit the curve. Because if you wait till you get to the curve to steer, it's too, too late. late. <laughs> you're, you know, the curve is behind you. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the best thing I can um, try for somebody to visualize, if you got on a skateboard on your back, first <laughs> and you had a car pulling you down the interstate oh my gosh and you're going around the exit ramp on an interstate that's pretty much what luge is like that's what it's like wow and, and it's even that bumpy because even though it's ice we don't have zambonis right it's not smooth ice right. it is uh kind of like cobblestones going down you don't want to fall off your sled I've got to ask, and I think everybody's going to ask you this, have you ever wiped out? And I'm I'm assuming the answer is yes, but how bad? Well, my last Olympics, I broke my back. Oh! uh, Yeah. And I've had 27 knee surgeries. And, uh, uh, yeah, the first Olympics I was in was 1988, and I was there with the Jamaican bobsled team. They crashed, and they got a uh, movie. Cool runnings, yeah. Yeah, I waited for 10 years. I crashed, and I got a TV show. They, <laughs> okay, well, that's they not were as good on, as a movie. They were on Disney, and I was on Discovery Health. Okay. So <laughs> well, they, had John, they had John Candy, right? Tra- trade-offs, right? Yeah, <laughs> trade-offs. <laughs> wow. Okay, so uh, how did you keep it going then all, all through the year? I mean, six times. We're talking about Olympic every four years, uh, so 24-year span from when you've you know, when you first started really training and getting and got into the Olympics till the end, what, what kept you going and, and how did you do it? Well, the one thing is you're not just training for the Olympics. You're training for the next race, which um, for almost 30 years from the 1st of October until the 15th of March, I was in a different country every week. Oh, wow. Either training or racing. So there's a loose circuit, so to there's speak? There's a loose circuit, yes. Okay. There, there are up to 10 uh, World Cup races a year um, in the sport in, in the winter season. And it is, uh, you're, you're focused so much. It, when, you, when you get to the elite level and the Olympic level, it's not a 40-hour-a-week job. Mm-hmm. It's 24-7. Wow. Everything you do is focused on on how you're training, both mentally, physically, what you eat. Yeah. Um, I was going to say what you eat right down to how long you sleep and, and, and stuff like that. That's probably pretty darn intense for, how long did you say? 25, 30 years you did that? I did it for 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. So, and, and live the tale, the tale. (laughs) How, How did you, when you came out of it, was it hard adjusting to civilian life, actually having some free time? Well, it, it was a little difficult, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't out of it too long before um, I, I was writing a book on the history of Olympic sports, and I saw that uh, in the course of my research, 
for the sports. I found that the oldest woman to ever win an Olympic medal did so in the sport of archery. Aha! Uh-huh. The plot thickens. At the age of 63. And um, I was already the oldest woman to ever compete in the Winter Games and the mm-hmm. first woman to ever be in six Winter Olympics. And I thought, hmm. Archery. Archery. Now, had you ever shot archery before that point? I'm, I took a course in archery at the University of Texas when I was in college. Okay, so a long time ago. Yeah, well, thank you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, thanks for bringing that up. He's, yes. the, he's the young guy in the room here. So. <laughs> um, and so I, you know, the, the biggest thing when you want to try to continue and continue in a different sport and you're as um, old or ancient or happen to be Grandma Luge, you have to find a co- coach that believes in you as much as you do. Right, sure. And so Because most coaches are going to say, yeah, you're past your prime. I'm going to go get some 20-year-old. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, you run into so many people that say you can't, sure. which just makes it more important that I do. That's, and I did. And um, so I trained and became very, very close uh, to qualifying in Rio. I was the first backup to go to first Rio. First alternate. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. 64 uh Women competed in Rio, and I was 65. Oh, so close. So then... Are uh, you you're still shooting? You're still, I am. Are okay. I am. Are you getting better? Are you going to make it past the... Well, I was hoping to go to Tokyo. COVID uh, stepped in COVID, and yeah. um, changed a lot of things, uh, a lot of training and whatnot. Um, I am, like I say, I'm, I'm getting up there in years, and... It is tough to maintain the elite level, the Olympic mm-hmm. Olympic level. However, um, I, I, I was just telling Kyle that um, the president of my Olympic committee said, you know, it's only three years now to the next Olympics. <laughs> That's right. And I'm going... We, we put it off for a year. We did. It's, yeah. just, it's just three years. So I don't know. But meanwhile, I was here in 2019 and uh, won the archery here at the, at the, uh, senior, at the games. senior games. Awesome. Awesome. So you uh, it, it boggles my mind, actually, to think that you could be at, at such a high level in one sport in a totally different. I mean, we're talking about a winter sport luge. And then you just decide, OK, well, I think I'll try this other sport and it, not just try it, but dedicate yourself to it and become a world-class archer like you have um it's almost i mean is there some kind of personality quirk you have that drives you to be able to do something like that because i know there has to be talent involved but there also has to be tremendous dedication in well there is you have to put in the time and the and the effort and like i say it's 24 7 and it is it is full time if you're going to attempt to make the olympics it's full. It's a full time job. Plus. Plus, yeah. Plus, yeah. And it's. Um, but I was telling Kyle earlier today that all of my years in luge, luge is a pull start. You're sitting on the sled and you yeah. got handles and you're mm-hmm. pulling. It's all back, and archery is all back. Oh, really? So for thirty years doing luge, it actually I was training for for archery, for archery. without realizing it. But you broke your back. I did. I I didn't break my spine i broke my um scapula oh okay all right so um yeah still is painful yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
My claim to fame, I got the archery merit badge back in the day, Kyle. That's, that's <laughs> hey, as far as I know. You know, know that's, so uh, that's an accomplishment bead, yeah. as well. Well, so. the good thing about archery is I don't need as many winter clothes. That's right. And unless I shoot myself in the foot, I don't think I'm going to get as hurt as I did in luge. Much safer, yeah. A, a little much, bit. Much safer. We're talking with Ann Abernathy, who is a six-time U.S. Olympian. U.S. The, Virgin Islands. USVI, yeah. Yes, I USVI. represent the Virgin Islands in the Olympics. Very, very cool. Now, uh, Anne, uh, by the way, I, I was talking to her before we went on the air. My son lived in the Virgin Islands for a year uh, on St. Thomas. Uh, I don't know that he ever ran into you. Actually, he was there after you were gone, apparently. But uh, it was it was great going down there and being on St. Thomas for a while and, and went over to St. John, took a little ferry over there and, and stuff. Uh, what a wonderful place. You were raised there, is that right? Yes, my parents lived there when I was born. Okay. Um, and it is my home now. Oh, okay. Uh, although I do, uh, I currently train in Tucson with my Olympic coach, but St. Thomas is my home. You were in Tucson in the summertime? Yeah. That's hot. <laughs> I mean, we think it's hot here. Tucson yeah. at about yeah, 10 Tucson, degrees. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I'm only there for three more weeks. And that's it. <laughs> and meanwhile, on St. Thomas, it gets like 82 sometimes. That's the hottest it gets, right? Yeah. Well, and it's an <laughs> island, so you can always go stick your feet in. The, right. And we have the tropical breezes. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on today. Kyle, we've got to spend a couple of minutes talking about uh, what's going on with the World Seniors. Obviously, yeah. she's speaking tomorrow night. Are you nervous, by the way, Ann, about speaking? Is that harder than shooting archery or riding the luge? No, actually, uh it's so much fun to share the oh, experience because okay. I'm, I'm hoping other people realize that it doesn't matter what your age is. Just set a goal oh, and go for it. Great story. I love that right, yeah, right up front. Inspiration. Right up front. I love to hear that, Anne. Uh, all right, Kyle, tell us a little bit about what's going down right now. <clears throat> are there sports going right this second? This very second, we have a number of sports that are going on. Uh, softball is happening We've got basketball. We have our basketball shoot that's happening. Our 10K road race is probably just wrapping up about now. We've got lawn bowls. We've got badminton. There's, there's just a, a, a plethora, if you will. Plethora. A plethora of sports that are going on right now. I do not uh, think you know what plethora means. That, that's <laughs> I, I, don't, from I don't think the word means, yeah. right? Yeah, three amigos. <laughs> three amigos for sure. Um, but yeah, just ton, tons of stuff that's going on. And, and if anybody is interested and, and wanting to be inspired, really, that's what mm-hmm. it comes down to. Uh, check these athletes out. It's, it's amazing. Right on our website, seniorgames.net. You can visit there. We've got our schedules. We've got competition brackets. Uh, if you're looking for a specific sport, you can go right to the sport page, and that'll take you right to the schedule so you'll know when and where it's at. Uh, to, to be a spectator is also free. There's, there's no admission anywhere. You can just go. Right. And, you know, frankly, when the games are going on over the next couple of weeks, there are so many sports at so many places, you can almost just think to yourself, what's the sport venue that I'm aware of, and go to it, and there's just, just as likely yeah. a senior games event that is going on there. But all the schedules, again, with the, the venues and the addresses, locations, uh, your GPS, all that stuff is right there on our website, seniorgames.net. Uh, in addition to that, we've got just a, a ton of other just great information about active aging and, uh, you know, how to stay involved, stay engaged, stay active as we, uh, you know, enter our uh, senior years. Um, but, but man, the game's going on right now. Now's the time to take advantage and to watch these athletes do what they do. I, I have covered senior games for 
probably 20 years as part of mostly part of my newspaper writing yeah. duties. And I never failed to come away just going, wow. It's amazing. It's just wow. Because of some of the things that these seniors are accomplishing. Me. In fact, for me, the countdown to when I turned 50, when I could actually play was, was huge. I got to play. We actually got a silver medal in men's basketball awesome. Uh, awesome. when I was 50 years old. Unfortunately, I injured myself and yeah. didn't get to play in the finals. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, something that if you're – if you're looking, like for me, I've always been the exercise kind of a guy that I, I, I was working toward a goal. Yeah. You know, if I played basketball, and I used to play basketball four, three or four times a week, my goal was someday I was going to play in a game that mattered. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't just I wanted to play, but I wanted to get better and work towards something that mattered. And so this is the kind of thing, no matter your age, as you as you approach 50, you can say, all right, I'm going to run and try just a little bit harder because it might matter someday. You know, we hear that year after year after year. That That is a very common theme throughout the games. This this event provides that motivation. You know, it's it's great to get up and, and work out for, for exercise. We all need that. That's, that's important, you know, mm-hmm. not downplaying the importance of that. But when you throw a goal in there, like Ann was talking about, yeah. something to work towards, it just raises the bar. It just raises the level. And for our athletes, we hear just, again, year after year that this this provides that motivation. It's a reason to get up in the morning, to get over to the pool, to get on your bike, to put that you know softball glove on, whatever it is, throw the javelin, whatever it is. This becomes that motivation, and consequently, it, it keeps you active and engaged and participating. And a lot of our athletes, of course, participate in other events throughout the year. Sure. But this, uh, for a lot of them, ends up being kind of a culmination. And we love providing that venue. We love providing that opportunity. My dad, by the way, is 86. He swims three times a week. Yeah. And I've been, uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't entered Huntsman Games yet, but I'm trying to talk him like, Dad, do it. Come I mean, on down and do yeah, it. Yeah, come and swim. He's ah, nobody wants to watch an old man swim laps, and I'm not very <laughs> fast. And hey, you know what? I'd love to see him out there, uh, you know, even if he didn't get a medal, just out there competing. I, I think he would find that he would fit right in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, you said there's a couple of new sports this year? Yeah, we actually have three brand new sports we mm-hmm. are offering for the first time ever bocce. Which we're kind of excited about. We also have indoor rowing. So it's on those rowing machines that we all have at our gyms. There's no water involved. There's no water involved. It's all all indoor. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And then we also have, for the first time ever, rugby at the Huntsman World Senior Games. Now, wait a minute. I know. Talk about sports you could get hurt in, and (laughs) rugby. Those guys aren't kidding around. You know, it's true. We had a group came in and kind of gave us a pitch. You know, we we think you ought to add rugby. And my reaction was just what yours was. Oh, I'm not sure if if there's a market for it. Let's let's make sure we understand what we're talking about. You're talking about touch rugby, right? (laughs) Oh, my word. I don't know if I've ever offended anybody more by putting those two words together in a sentence. This Mm -hmm. is not touch rugby. No, No, it's, it's the real deal. And, and um, you know, again, SeniorGames.net, you can check that out. Uh, we're, that's going to come up this weekend uh, for the competitions. It's over at Snow Canyon High Snow School Canyon. Yeah, they on have their a rugby, rugby pitch. pitch. Yeah. And uh, these teams are so excited. We have eight teams that are here and ready to go. Where and, are they from, by the way? The well, from all over the United States. We have okay. a number of teams that are from back east. Uh, this year being so difficult to travel and cross yeah. borders, uh, we didn't have any international teams this year. But we've already got contacts and feelers out to New Zealand and yeah. Canada and you know a number of other countries that have expressed interest in coming next year. But uh, looking at this year, like I said, eight teams – 
everybody's so excited and just looking forward to it. And uh, it's going to be great. So check it out, SeniorGames.net. You can get the schedule, game times, and all that stuff available there. And come and uh, cheer them on. That is so cool. Rugby is back. And I'll, by the way, new country, Guam, right? Guam is brand new Do this year. Do I get year. something for that? Because I didn't win the trivia contest, <laughs> but I remembered. Andy and I had a, had a meeting <laughs> over at the Chamber of Commerce, uh-huh. and that was one of our trivia questions. But yeah, Guam is uh, uh, one of the new territories that is uh, represented at the Games this year for the first time ever. And we actually have um, representation from South Korea as well this wow. year for the first time ever. So we're still expanding, still growing, and uh, very excited excited about the prospects for the future for these games by the way cordero cheated i think <laughs> i think just, you must have just saying. i think you must uh, have yeah sorry dave anyway uh kyle case huntsman world senior games going on for the next two weeks mostly in st george some other surrounding communities as well right yeah all washington county we've got mm-hmm. stuff going on out in ivan santa clara um you know we've even got some uh mountain bike out in laverkin so cool. a lot a lot of stuff going on but a lot of it's right here in st george proper for sure yeah, find an athletic area and go watch them do their thing because it is really amazing. Thank you, Kyle. Tons of fun. Thanks, on. Andy. And appreciate you coming on. Uh, impressed with your story. Keep up the good work. I We're all rooting for you to be on the uh, Olympic archery team. Well, me too. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> you, were t- you, were t- you were talking about um, Daredevil. Uh-huh. That's rugby. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, now those, we know. <laughs> those guys are, quote, uh, crazy with an asterisk bike. They're not really crazy, but you kind of have to have a little teeny bit of crazy to play rugby. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Good. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate you coming in. We're interactive on The Andy Griffin Show. Call in, call in at 673-5890 or text in at 435-467-5842. Let your voice be heard on The Andy Griffin Show. Love to hear from you. If you want to call into the show now, it's 673-5890 is the phone number. You can text me at 435-467-5842. We've got, uh, we're going to talk climate change. I wanted to kind of save it for tomorrow, but man, it's, something happened over the weekend that was just like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right, so they in Australia, I know there's a long ways away, and you're like, well, how do I care about Australia? But uh, just bear with me here for just a second. In Australia, they were having a rally. Young people were rallying to against the government and against their leaders to do something about climate change. They were like, hey, you, you guys, you climate change, you, you government people, you climate change is bad. And it's because it got hotter. No, wait, it's going to get cooler. No, you should. Yeah, they were rallying. They had signs and everything. And finally, uh, one of the journalists was kind of being because they hadn't covered climate change as much as they had uh, the young people here. And we were talking about college age kids uh, because they hadn't covered climate change as well as as they they young people felt they should, uh, got, started badgering this journalist lady. And finally, she says this. She's, and I love this response, and uh, maybe I'm going to get in trouble for uh, airing this response, but I love it. I love what she said. She said, 
You, speaking to the young people, you are the first generation that has demanded air conditioning in every courtroom. Your lessons are all computer made. You have a TV set in every room. You spend all day using electronic means. Instead of walking to school, you take a fleet of private vehicles clogging public roads. You are the largest consumer of consumer goods in the the entire history. You're constantly buying the most expensive clothing items to be trendy. Your protest is advertised by digital and electronic means. Guys, before protesting, turn off the air conditioning, walk to school, turn off your phones, and read a book. Make a sandwich instead of buying prepackaged food. None of this will happen. Why? Because you are selfish. You're ill-educated. You're manipulated by people who use you, proclaiming that you have a noble cause while playing around in the most unbridled Western luxury. Wake up, mature, and shut your mouth. Inform the facts before protesting. She called him out. She said, you guys are being hypocrites. You you think that the the climate change global warming, whatever you want to call it, the glaciers melting, you say it's our fault, the previous generations. You say it's our fault because of the factories that we use to feed you or because of the vehicles we use to cart you around or because of the cows and their emissions, whatever that is, uh, that, that we chose to eat. You blame us for climate change. And yet if there's any climate change going on that is man-made, if, I say, if, this is me talking, not her, if there's any climate change going on, look inward, not outward. The old one finger points to you, the other three point back to me. Yeah, look inward. Think about all your electronics and your air conditioning and your modern vehicles. And don't get, don't go on about electric vehicles. You know what? kind of energy it takes to make and power an electric vehicle yeah well you're not using gas well not at the moment anyway so yeah i i love her response i love the fact that somebody kind of had the the intestinal fortitude to actually say it it's not a very popular opinion anymore in fact it's weird when you hear the president or kamala Harris or Nancy Pelosi or AOC, you hear any of them talk about climate change, they treat anyone that doesn't believe that it's man's fault as being imbeciles, as being fools. In fact, I heard Biden say something like, I hope we're past arguing about this now. It's happening. Yeah. Okay, Joe. We'll get your ice cream and go to bed. 946 on KDXU. Uh, Hey, thanks to Joe Shoney. We're on the air. Joe Shoney's one of the great sponsors of this show. Joe Shoney's a loan consultant. His specialty is customer service. 566 reviews online and a 4.91 scoring average. It's pretty phenomenal. Uh, Joe Shoney, his phone number is 435-590-6300. NMLS number 121041. Be right back. Welcome back, 949 on KDXU. Let's do some open lines here the last 10 minutes or so. 
435-468-5890. Or if you don't want to talk on the radio, I'll take your text at 435-467-5842. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Richard, what's up, man? Morning, Andy. Hey, thanks for calling today. What's on your mind? Amen to that lady. She hit it right on the nose. Yes, she did. <laughs> All these woke people, you know, we get these lectures from John Kerry and the president. Next thing you know, they're jumping on their big, huge carbon makers and heading out, you know. Yeah. It's so hypocritical. Now, did you hear about that big solar farm they're building down by Valley Fire toward Nevada? Uh, you know, I, I, I saw a headline is all. I don't know any details. Can you tell me about it? Well, Harry Reid was pushing this for the Chinese for years, and they got it done. So it's going to be hundreds and hundreds of acres. And guess where it's built? Right on prime turtle habitat. Oh! So they're collecting all the adult turtles, but they figured they're going to be losing hundreds of the baby turtles. But that doesn't matter because it's a solar farm. So it's more, but we don't have to worry about the uh, the uh, ecology of the turtles and their habitat because we're doing a solar farm, so it's okay. So I can see in our future, <laughs> you can know where I'm heading here, up here on Red Hill, yeah. we can have a huge solar farm. <laughs> yeah, we could. <laughs> and fried uh, turtles. It's, it's sad. It really is. It really is sad. You're right. You can't laugh. you got to cry. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Richard. <laughs> 951 on KDXU, a solar farm on turtle habitat. It almost makes the nexus of liberalism explode, right? The uh, got to protect the turtle habitat liberals versus the uh, climate change liberals and their, and their solar farms. It's, it's like, what happens if two liberals disagree? They both go home crying? I, I don't know. Uh, 9.51 on KDXU. Let's see, did I get, I, I get all my commercial breaks in? I think I did. Uh, it's kind of weird. Oh, yeah, I did. Okay, we're good. <laughs> uh, Clay, Clay uh, Travis, Buck Saxon coming up here in, uh, well, we're going to go to news here in about eight minutes, and then we'll go to Clay and Buck, and they'll have their show. Uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are on the replacements for Rush Limbaugh, Clay and Buck. Um, we are always looking for listener feedback. There's a couple of things I need your help with. Number one, uh, management has asked me to try to collect some listener feedback on Clay and Buck. I'd like to know how you feel. Uh, do you listen to it? Um, it's not Rush. I mean, let, let's be honest. There, there will never be another Rush Limbaugh. Uh, so the question is, are these guys doing an adequate job of at least carrying on Rush's legacy? Uh, and uh, you can email me, agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com, or text me, 435-467-5842, or you're welcome to call into this show at 673-5890. Give me your thoughts on that. The other thing is, a week from tomorrow night is the uh, the St. George City Debates. Uh, we will have, uh, I think it's at 530-ish, will be the uh, four candidates for city council. And uh, following that, we'll have a brief intermission. They're going to have some tables set up for each of the candidates for, for you to interact. And then at about 7 o'clock, we will have the mayoral date debate between Jimmy Hughes and Michelle Randall. 
And uh, I was fortunate enough to be put on the, uh, they're calling it the Southern Utah Debate Commission or something like that. Uh, and and so I will be, I think the reason they wanted me on is they wanted me to be the moderator for the debates, which I agreed to do. So a week from tomorrow night, we will again get the candidates for St. George City Council, all four of them that made it through the primary, and then the two candidates for mayor. And uh, we will have them debate live on stage at uh, at uh, Eccles, uh, call it, not Eccles Coliseum, Eccles uh, uh, Auditorium in St. George. So uh, it it's going to be, uh, I think, a fun debate. I, I there will be uh, definitely some serious issues. Uh, you know, we're going to have questions about the Lake Powell pipeline and about water and about growth. Uh, there are going to be questions about. Uh, you know, our, our leading industry here in southern Utah is construction. So there will be questions about can can St. George, can southern Utah successfully transition from being construction being our number one uh, industry to tech, to tech stuff. Um, and and so that that will be a big part again of the of the debate we'll also talk about uh, obviously uh, like i said uh, growth uh, water will be a big issue and like it or not there we're going to have a few questions to have some questions about uh, the Dixie name. So if you have a, na- a question you would like in the debate, if there's, and, and I'm, I'm completely sincere, I'm the moderator, I'm the one that will be asking the questions. So I would love your input. If you can help me uh, put together a nice little tableau, a nice little page of questions to ask the candidates uh, in that debate coming up a week from tomorrow night, I would love to have your input. It's a Griffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. That's my email address, a griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, a griffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. You can text the questions to me at 435-467-5842, or you can uh, just call into the show, and we'll, uh, we'll put you live on the air, and we can, we can talk about that stuff. Um, got about three and a half, four minutes left. Uh, did want to talk about Mike Lee again. Now, some of you are kind of hard on Mike Lee. I, I get it. You know, he doesn't always represent exactly what you want or what I want every time. But Mike Lee is having, he's got a little bit of chutzpah. He's, he's like, look, Joe Biden has asked something ridiculous, something that only a king, a, t- a tyrant would ask. And, and I don't think that's right. In fact, what he's suggested Joe Biden has suggested, and this is Mike Lee, is that people who made this country, people who work hard, have to get the vaccine or they can't provide sustenance for their family. Now, when I had Mike on last week, you probably, maybe some of you heard it, he said, look, I, I agree the vaccine can be good for you. He said, not for everyone, but he said, generally speaking, I believe that the vaccine is a good thing. He's, he took the vaccine. His wife took it. He said his family took it. He, he believed, believes that it is good. Chris Stewart told me the same thing. Yes, the vaccine, I took it. He said, but there's no way in the, in the world, in America, that anyone should say, you have to take the vaccine or you can't go to work. And that's what Joe Biden did. Companies with 100 or more employees 
if you don't have a vaccine, you can't go to work. You're fired or suspended or whatever. And that, folks, is un-American. That is unconstitutional. That, that shouldn't happen. So Mike Lee put out a bill. It was the, the original one he put out that called for a unanimous acceptance. He knew that was going to be defeated because no liberal is going to vote for a bill put out by a Republican anyway. Uh, he put out a second try. That one has been uh, defeated as well. Now he's got number three out there. And I'm telling you, I know Mike Lee. He is dogged. He is not going to let this go. He's going to keep fighting for the American people for you. Now, you think about that. Every company in America that has 100 employees or more, those employees have to have the vaccine. Doesn't matter if you've had COVID. Doesn't matter if you've had COVID twice. Doesn't matter if, uh, you know, you're taking one of the pills that are out now that can help you maybe not get as sick. None of that matters. All that matters is you get the shot or you don't get to go to work. General Motors. I mean, really, 100 employees is not that many. I, I mean, I, you know, I'm naming the big companies. You've got Microsoft and IBM and General Motors and Ford and, uh, you know, even Facebook, you know, all these big companies, but it doesn't have to, 100 is not that many employees. And yet there is a, there is a vaccine mandate put forward by your president, the president of the United States. That is so un-American, it's hard to believe. All right, down to the last minute, uh, did want to mention this. Bountiful High School has decided that they, excuse me, North Summit High School, not Bountiful. Bountiful is the Braves, so is North Summit. They have decided they are not going to change their name from Braves. They uh, actually counseled with the Washaki descendant George Abeda, who is part of the uh, tribe uh, in that area, and they said, we've decided the Braves as its mascot and Washaki de- uh, descendant George Abeda says the tribe fully supports the school's decision to keep the name Braves. No cancel culture at North Summit. The reason we're on board is because they're taking proper, this is Abeda, they're taking proper steps to follow protocols to honor our people rather than shame them or disgrace them in any way. He says communities believe they're paying tributes to Native American tribes. Finally, someone says, cancel culture, I cancel you.